Well, good afternoon, Jack. We're here watching Phil Mickelson get ready to tee off here at the PGA Tour Championships. Him and Justin Johnson in the playoff. Winner of this hole wins the tournament. Let's have silence now. Phil Mickelson steps up. Oh, Jack, that's got to leave a mark. Smash right into that lady's window. Is not what you would have heard last Sunday in the PGA Tour Championship between Phil Mickelson and Dustin. Justin, not Dustin, not DJ, JJ, Justin Johnson. Phil Mickelson won the PGA Tour Championship this weekend. Not the, not the overall PGA Tour Championship, a tournament in the PGA Tour circuit this weekend. 15 under, beating Justin Johnson in a one-hole playoff. Both tied at the end of the 18, going into a one-hole playoff. Justin Johnson barely missed his. Phil Mickelson actually had a pretty decently makeable birdie putt to win the whole thing, and it rimmed out. He missed it, and it happened to him twice back back to back. So it went into a one-hole playoff. Justin Johnson actually missed his birdie putt, leaving the... Pretty much the match op wide open for Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson sunk the putt, won the won the tournament. Uh, was his first victory in over four years for Phil Mickelson. So I've got a little tidbit for you. You can listen to how he feels. It's a little live interview on SportsCenter. So here, have a listen. It, it means a lot to me to break through and finally get a win and to have some validation for the hard work over the last four, four and a half years, the tough times, the struggles that I've gone through, knowing that I could get back here, knowing I will get back here, but not knowing when, and have it finally happen, and I can't think of a better place in Mexico City. The people here have been tremendous, the golf course has been wonderful, and I've, I've had a great, great week, so a very special week. For me, it's a, a huge thing, because after having not won for four and a half years, I know my game is good enough to good enough to, to win in Augusta, but I needed to relieve some pressure, and the, winning here relieves a lot of pressure. And it helps me acclimate to the nervousness that I feel before uh, a big event, before the final round. And I think that it was a, a very important thing for me to have the expectations I have going into Augusta. For me to fulfill those expectations, I think it was a very important win. All right. Jumping back into it here, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Nick's Ticks, the second segment of the Wednesday special. First segment got posted, published, documented, detailed, soundproof, check, cut, print, dated, all that good stuff. It's out there. Go listen to it. Enjoy. You're welcome. Let's move on. What you just heard before the break, before the bongos, was the live interview with, not live interview, but uh, interview with Phil Mickelson. So congratulations to Phil Mickelson. First win, tournament win in over five years. Going to make that run towards Augusta and so on. So hope you enjoyed that little live update. We're going to move on here. We're going to swap it up. We're going to flip it up, scratch it up, do it up, make it up, whatever you want to call it. We're going to go on to football. We're going to go right on to the NFL. We're going to dive right into the franchise tags was the last thing that happened. Ended yesterday at 4 p.m. Some teams lucky, some teams not so lucky. Some teams, some players I feel tremendously horrible for because their teams are showing a complete lack of respect. <coughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell. But that's neither here nor there. Here are 
the players who got some sort of tag yesterday. Chicago Bears transition tag, not franchise tag, transition tag, their quarterback Kyle Fuller. Transition tag basically means they tag him uh, and they are able to match whatever offer that the free agent gets. Because uh, obviously they have until July 31st, I believe, is to come up with a big with a contract deal or a trade or anything like that. So uh, Kyle Fuller gets transition tag, which is roughly cap him about 12 million, 12 million over 2018, 12.1. The Dallas Cowboys have decided to franchise tag. Defensive end Demarcus Lawrence, giving the defensive end a salary cap of about $17.1 million. Lawrence had a career high of 14 and a half sacks in 2017 and earned his first Pro Bowl appearance. A long-term deal can still be worked out, but Lawrence said he will attend the voluntary offseason program and organize team activities and figure it out later. The Detroit Lions have franchise tagged Ezekiel Ansah, the defensive end, uh, for the 2018, making the defensive end Right around the exact same money for Demarcus Lawrence, about $17.1 million. Uh, it says health and questionable consistency are among the reasons a long-term deal just wouldn't make sense at this point in time, the Lions say. Uh, I think the big one, probably the most shocking one, was the Los Angeles Rams franchise tagged safety LaMarcus Joyner. It's not a huge shock if you have followed, if you kind of follow the Rams or any NFC North as a Packer fan, I do. Not oddly, but DeMarcus Joyner is on his way to becoming a very, 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 very good safety. Like, he's quietly becoming that. Anyways, they franchise tag him. It's going to make him about $11.2 million over the 2018 season. The description is, the Rams' decision to franchise tag Joyner also means that the wide receiver Sammy Watkins will be an unrestricted free agent next week. The Rams' franchise tag decision came down to Joyner or Watkins, either one of the two. So Sammy Watkins is a free agent, ladies and gentlemen. Get them wallets out. Healthy, the dude could be amazing. Went to college with DeAndre Hopkins, both Clemson. People in the Clemson boys know what the heck they're doing. Believe that. Moving on, Miami Dolphins franchise tag Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is one of my favorite wide receivers ever, and I hate that he's just stuck. Here's the deal with him. So the non-exclusive tag allows the Dolphins and Landry to work out a trade with another team if all parties agree on a compensation, and the Ravens and the Bears have shown interest already. I hate that. Please do not let Jarvis Landry go to the Bears. What a wasted talent, man. He's been the same situation he has in Miami. Come to Green Bay, bro. Come on, JL. Anyways, salary cap is going to net the player for the 2018 season just about $16.2 million for that season. And finally, the most disappointing one of the entire franchise tagging, the Pittsburgh Steelers have franchise tag running back Le'Veon Bell for the second year in a row. Bell had threatened to retire if he were to be tagged again, so it'll be interesting to see how he, how he reacts. The running back says, I just have to decide if I'm going to play when the time comes, Bell told ESPN. Here's what here's what's crazy. The salary cap for the second year row is going to net the running back about $14.5 million for the 2018 season. This is unreal. Le'Veon Bell, here, let's just go up one. I love Jarvis Landry, okay? I love him. The receiver, who has, I mean, he's been very consistent. He's a huge target monster. Let's be honest. Le'Veon Bell is way more productive and means way more to his team than Jarvis Lander does. Jarvis Landry is making $16.2 million. So you, off the top, you could at least bump that damn tag up $2 million, $2.5 million. Let's go up a little bit. This Ezekiel Ansah defensive end guy, it says right there is questionable health and inconsistency. The dude is getting $17.1 million. Come on. You can at least go up another $3 million for Le'Veon. The Steelers are, excuse my French, they're fucking up. They're completely 
disrespecting Le'Veon. I hope he I hope he doesn't retire, but I hope he goes somewhere and I hope he rubs it in their face. Go to a direct competitor and eat their booty holes, Le'Veon. This is completely, completely unfair what they're doing for him. Pay the man. I have a stat here that is Devontae Freeman. It's the highest paid running back right now. Five years, I think it was like $51 million. Right under him is Shady McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, with a five-year contract for $50 million. Le'Veon Bell is those two players combined. Shady is a phenomenal receiver. Le'Veon has, is damn near led receiving all like every year that he has played. Devontae Freeman is an amazing little bulldozing running back. He's very mean. He runs very hard. Le'Veon Bell is the most patient, accurate runner in the league and has been for the last three years. What's the problem? Pay the man! Look, I'm really sorry. I got worked up. I got worked up. I got worked up, so worked up, that I just pretty much combined my Le'Veon Bell rant into my 2018 franchise tag segment. I don't, I don't, I don't, it's fine, it's fine. Hope you enjoyed that. Sorry for getting so angsty. It means a lot to me, man. Le'Veon's been the best running back in the entire freaking league for five years. Seriously, check the stats, dude. Just pay him. You stress me out so much when you get all worked up like this. Hey, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the fella that's pretty much just winning the draft. Let's be honest. If the draft could be won, Shaquem Griffin would have won it first day. Okay? I had this article pulled up. This is by Catherine Terrell, an ESPN staff writer, okay? I'm just going to read it a little bit. This kind of just gives you uh, an overall gist. I'm going to try and find some videos on Shaquem Griffin, listen, you know, listen to him, because I found one yesterday but, uh, with Shella Melbourne from uh, ESPN, but I, yeah, things, things, uh, all things broke down yesterday, needless to say, but I think we are completely surpassing what I had recorded yesterday. For starters, I'm able to yell, I don't have to hide in a room, I can wear Mickey slippers, it's always a plus when you can wear Mickey slippers, so... Here it is about Shaquem Griffin winning this draft, okay? It's not every day that a 227-pound linebacker runs the 40-yard dash at the NFL Scouting Combine in 4.38 seconds. Central Florida linebacker Shaquem Griffin did that and more, running the fastest 40 dash for a 225-pounder since 2006. It's also equaled the time of his twin brother, Shaquille, a 198-pound cornerback, cornerback, for the Seahawks. He ran the same time at the Combine last year. Griffin had one of the most impressive weeks at the Combine for his position in several years, and he did it with one hand. Griffin had his left hand amputated when he was a four-year-old due to the amniotic band syndrome that affected him from birth. During the Combine, he attached a prosthetic hand to put up an impressive 20 reps in the 225-pound bench press. Griffin is drawing all types of interests from all over the league, from different owners, teams, and like that. He is projected a late second rounder, which I think you're foolish if you let him float by late second round. He's to me, 
from what he's done, he's easily a late first rounder. I mean, depending on how bad you need him, he doesn't have a position. You could play him anywhere. He's a little undersized, but I mean, he's so fast, clearly, and he makes up for everything else. It's ridiculous. He got a late invite to the combine. It arrives on January 30th. Despite an outstanding senior bowl week, his status as a 2016 American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year in an eye-opening 12-tackle, one-and-a-half sack game against Auburn in the Peach Bowl last year. Shakreem Giffen is going to impact a team wherever he goes in such a way. You can't teach mentality like that. You know, he always said he says he in an interview, I cannot find the interview for whatever reason. All the interviews are gone now. But he says he's always came up from the mud. So he's always put his head down and worked. He's always had his hand in the mud. He's, he's just a grimy, grimy guy. Always. You can't teach mentality like that. You can't teach heart. Okay, so shout out Shaquem Griffin winning the NFL Combine draft. Love you, big guy. Yeah, cut it, cut it, cut the, cut the track. I'm not going to let you finish your little concerto orchestra because I'm going to tell you why. I wasn't going to do this, but you've made me. Uh, last part of this episode, this show today. I'm going off on this freaking rant about Le'Veon, man. I'm so worked up about this. This is complete and under horse, cow, dog, cat, goat, ferret, fish, giraffe, elefante, pig, poop. There's absolutely no way that you're telling me that Le'Veon Bell is only worth or that you're only willing to risk $14.5 million for the second time in two years. You cannot tell me that he is not worth more. The dude has led the league, at the very least, the last three years in rushing. I mean, he is an MVP candidate every freaking year. Devontae Freeman, who's the highest paid running back in the league, doesn't even get warrants or recommendations like that. I mean, this first couple years, yeah, he was good, but he never draw a comparison to freaking MVP. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Those are MVPs. Le'Veon Bell is in that conversation. And all the Pittsburgh Steelers are willing to offer is $14.5 million. You've got scrub-ass defensive players out here making 17 to $18 million. What's the issue? Le'Veon has said that he, either his offer is too high or their offer is too low. I think Le'Veon has asked... Let's see what he's asked here. He's asked for... He's previously rejected offers that have added up to $30 million in his first two years. Freeman makes $41 million for five years. Le'Veon states that he is playing for the value of his team, okay? You've got Antonio Brown over there. I get it. You've got the best receiver out right now. Martavis, who knows what he'll do. Le'Veon also gets damn near 10 catches a game and can very easily break 100 yards on the ground and through the air. I, like, what is the... What, how, are you, how are you not viewing this? LaShawn McCoy is right underneath Devontae Freeman for 40 million years, 40 million years, exactly, 40 million dollars for five years. So he's one million less than Devontae Freeman. Shady, I mean, we all know, is an, is, is an all-pro, 
all pro running back. Maybe eventually his, I mean, you could probably put him in the conversation of Hall of Fame. Maybe eventually great hands. I mean, that's probably what he's known the best for. He's a great receiver. I'm putting Le'Veon Bell ahead of LaShawn McCoy. Like LaShawn McCoy's best gift is his athleticism and his like cat pass catching ability, like in open space and stuff. I'm putting Le'Veon ahead of LaShawn. I'm putting Le'Veon ahead of the second highest paid running back in the league. I said it in the earlier segment, Le'Veon Bell is both Devontae and Shady combined. Like, it's the exact same running back in one. So, honestly, you could combine those two salaries, pay the man around $80, $85 million, keep him for five to six years, maybe chase a Super Bowl, and you're there, you got, the Steelers are there every year. Every year they're there. What's the problem? You know that if he went somewhere else, y'all would be eating crow like a motherfucker. What is the problem? Pay the man. Pay the man. Something's going to happen. And he's, I mean, well, there's already videos and things out that he's going to sit out. He, I mean, he, I don't think he retired. You can't waste time like that. If he retires and y'all fucked up way before you, like letting a player like that retire. He's younger than me. I'm 29. He's younger than me and he's still doing this. Come on, pity. For, you can't even, I, what? What? I'm jazzed up about it, my man. Jazzed up about it. That's my little rant for it. I'm going to I'm gonna play a little segment here for you. I've got a couple pieces I want to play for you. Just to let you hear a little better spoken, a little more professional. What's really going on. So I'll let you listen to this little segment, and then we'll wrap it up. Thank you for allowing me to rant. This is just, this is just super unbelievable. I'm just really not sure what the issue is. So check it out. Hope you enjoy it. So what more did he tell you about how he perceives his value regardless of position? Well, Michael, great to be with you. And I just got off the phone with Bell a little bit ago. He's out in Los Angeles, and you're right. He is remaining patient. He basically told me that, look, that $14.5 million figure, that does change things because that's now the floor based on what the franchise tag is. That's his per-year payout for 2018, so that could extend potentially to a long-term deal. And he pointed out to me that the Steelers made a competitive offer last year that he turned down. That was worth about $42 million over the first three years, and they've actually come up from that from last year. They've tried to work in earnest with him, but he said they're just not quite there yet because of the way Bell feels about his production. He, I asked him, what's your criteria for how you've come to your value? And he gave me really every bullet point from everything from him being an every down back to making history nearly 130 yards per game, which has never been done since the NFL merger with the AFL in 1970. And really, he feels like his game will age well because it's not only about athleticism, it's about that patience and playing all right there you go there's that interview um don't remember the name of that guy but I, I feel like that was the perfect video to play to end this on like Le'Veon knows his criteria I think that was like the the most important part about what what was just said right there I really do from making history averaging over 130 yards a game Dude, like Hall of Famers don't even do that. Take a look. Take a look. I, take a look at this. Like I, I mean, and the guy said it the best. He said Le'Veon is. I mean, very. It's very obvious that Le'Veon is completely aware and ready to do this again. Unfortunately, he's ready to do this again. He seems very, very smart as far as his contract goes. Like he has 
everything that that man said that Le'Veon said is detail is completely correct as far as it's not just about athleticism. His game can last well. Like, I mean, he's got a, a competitive, a competitive contending 10 years in this league still. Still, it could very well be more. Like, I, I fully believe that. 10 competitive years, prime years in Le'Veon Bell still, and it could be more. I mean, honestly, don't know. He is, com- he is different than any running back the league has ever seen, and I don't know if that is what's scaring Pittsburgh or what, but man, that, that video right there was great. That, I love that. Like, I, It sounds like Le'Veon knows exactly what he needs to do, and he's patient as well. That was a nice little way to enter that. Uh, but yeah, he's going to have to stay patient. But hey, I mean, at least now Le'Veon said it best. The $14.5 million, now you have a floor that is set. So now... Time to kick her up. Let's let's do it. So that I just thought that was good. I'm just gonna end that. I'm gonna end the little show on that on that video right there. So that was that that was great. That was everything I need to end my little Le'Veon rant. So there you have it. Pay Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell for president. Oh my gosh, guys! I am exhausted, and it's only it's still morning. It's only 10.30. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what I call productivity. Okay? We just did a whole show in about two and a half hours. Right? Started this about 8 o'clock. Covered pretty much all the sports that I want to talk about. Covered everything. You know what's nice? And I feel bad. Because yesterday was such a good day as far as I was multitasking so well with putting with with recording segments and and then going and doing work at work the on the clock sessions. I'm still going to do it. I think it's a great idea. And I was so satisfied after I had got them done. It's like, yeah, like I said, it was like 12 to 15 segments of just awesomeness. And I was so heartbroken when I couldn't get them to post and publish because I really thought I really do think that I am getting better with each one of these than I do. I'm getting more comfortable. I'm getting, I'm able to be a little more goofy. I'm able to learn things. Uh, on it's, it's important to focus on the things that are not just all things sports, but the things that interest me, like that Le'Veon rant. I really am interested and passionate about that. So I'm able to dive in and go crazy like that. So it's very important. Shout out to the Sports Rundown. I listen to you every morning, my man, every morning. And just how you put your your stuff together, you know. I got a lot of a lot of uh, inspiration from your franchise tag segment this morning that I listened to. So, shout out to all those sports stations out there. Um, I really do check in with you guys just to see how I can make my show better or make transitions easier and stuff. So, hey, I mean, if you you guys hear me shout this out, I don't the, the updated Anchor app. I don't believe you used to be able to shout people out on Anchor, but I don't know if you can do that anymore. But I would love to do that. Shout out Matty Mo too for everything that uh, he said to me yesterday. All those kind words. Um, I, pr- I appreciate you, my man. I appreciate everybody. Uh, and shout out Brian from the Anchor uh, team who emailed me this morning several times, making sure everything was okay. Seems to be everything. Everything seems to be back up and running. So shout out to everybody who helped me uh, get through yesterday because you guys, everybody played a part. So I appreciate you guys so much helping me get through that. With that being said, I truly. I'm even more satisfied now recording this very last segment of today's Wednesday special. I feel like 
just with being at home and everything, I was much more patient. I could rant. I could be funny. I could, you know, I didn't have to be on edge, worry about people walking in on me or whatever, you know. So everything happens for a reason, right? Remember that. Yesterday happened. Yesterday was a struggle and I was impatient and I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed. I was so worked up about it. But today... We got it out. We got it done. It's much more cleaner. It's much more organized. It's a better overall quality of show. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. Sorry to everybody for freaking out. Sorry to Brian. I know that you probably didn't pick me to read those emails, but I thank you so much, my man, for getting back to me and, and, and reaching out and everything. Everything seems to be good, so... Life is good once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening today. This has been the Wednesday special of Nick's Ticks. This is your host, Nick, Nicky B, baby. Signing off. We'll see you guys Friday for maybe an afternoon sessions or another on-the-clock sessions. Love you guys. Be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. Talk at you.